0: Hello there, and welcome to another Serban podcast here from Compass Community Church. My name is Andy. I'm the Director of Worship and Creative Arts, and I'm happy to be your host on this today and for the next four weeks. The last two years we've experienced this global pandemic, and maybe that phrase causes you to become concerned, or maybe you start to roll your eyes. Maybe you feel love and concern and care, or maybe you're just ready to turn this off because someone is once again talking about the dreaded pandemic. Well, I'm going to ask that you just hold on and wait. Don't turn us off just yet. For the next four weeks, our teaching team of Andrew and Jay will be doing their best to answer the question, what have we learned during this whole pandemic? What have we learned about ourselves and others and how we all interact? What have we learned about God and what he says about all this? And what have we learned about the church? Where have we succeeded? Where could we have done better? This is a lot to try and answer in four weeks, and we're going to do our best. We've also invited other voices within our community to share their stories, to share their experiences and what they've learned. This week, we tackle the big question of what have we learned about ourselves? What has a pandemic revealed about who we are as people when it comes to mental health and flexibility and faith and attitudes and fears and hopes and dreams? How did we celebrate milestones? How have we dealt with loss in this time and how can all of this help us and provide us hope for the future.
1: On Thursday, March 12th, 2020, Compass had an important decision to make. We had two groups of young people packed and ready to send out on mission trips. One to Windsor and the other to the Dominican Republic. The coronavirus was making news around the world, but it had not yet directly impacted us here. There was a lot of talk about increasing infection numbers and hospitalization and possible pending health restrictions. We chose that day to be cautious, and rather than risking having our students stranded abroad, we postponed the admissions trips. Four days later, on March 16th, the Government of Canada restricted all non-essential travel outside the country until further notice and required all travellers to Canada to self-isolate for 14 days upon re-entry. On March 17th, Ontario declared a state of emergency and all schools and childcare centres were closed. Emergency remote learning was instituted at that time and everyone began to stock up on toilet paper and hand sanitizer. On March 22nd, Compass held its first online service. We were right in the middle of a character sketches teaching series on the life of King David, and ironically, the message that morning was entitled Godly Detours. We've had 115 weekly services online since then, and it has become just a normal part of what we do. Initial estimates in Canada were that we could flatten the curve of infection in 8 to 12 weeks if we stayed home washed our hands and followed the arrows on the floor in the grocery store. We weren't even asked to wear masks yet. Since then, we have come through six waves of COVID-19, multiple shutdowns, lockdowns, pauses, and phased restarts. And it seems like the new guidelines would always come out on Friday afternoon with Sunday implications. There have been well over 3 million Canadians who have contacted, contracted COVID and close to 40,000 deaths that have been attributed to it, including some people that we know personally. In addition, there have been hospitalizations, cancellations, disappointments, frustrations in our own lives, almost too many to count. Now, our goal today is not to do a COVID-19 timeline. We aren't going to dispense medical advice or political opinion or comment on who got it right and who got it wrong. Our goal is to acknowledge the struggle we've all been through, to welcome the peace of Jesus, to discern the voice of God the Father, and to receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as we continue to move forward as a church community. Let me say that again. Our goal is to acknowledge the struggle we've all been through, to welcome the peace of Jesus, to discern the voice of God the Father, and receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, as we move forward as a church community. We are like the disciples in the upper room, called to move out on mission together for Jesus into a world that has changed. But if we were honest, we would confess that we are a little tired and a little bit afraid. And that is why we need to hear and receive the words, peace be with you. I want to invite you to open up your Bible to the book of Genesis, chapter 39. The first book of the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 39. And our focus today is to look at what we have learned about ourselves through this trial. And we're going to do so by looking at the life of Joseph, using it as a guide. Next week, we're going to look at the life of King David and ask, what have we learned about God? In week three, we'll focus on what we have learned about relationships, using the example of Ruth and Naomi. And then finally, in week four, we will return to the New Testament and to the disciples, and we will ask, what have we learned about the church? At the beginning of the story here in Genesis 39, Joseph has no idea what is coming. He is just a kid with a dream, a loving dad, a cool coat, and some really jealous brothers. But by the end of this chapter, he will have been thrown into a pit and sold as a slave and is on his way to Egypt. Although Joseph did not experience a global pandemic, he did experience a global famine. And he certainly did have in his life turned upside down by circumstances he did not expect. And over the next few years, Joseph responds in the midst of those circumstances. And he seeks to follow and honor God and he distinguishes himself. And his situation slowly begins to improve. But then, after acting with integrity and godly character, he is wrongly accused, unfairly punished, and put into pri- prison. Tragedy never makes an appointment. It just arrives. And sometimes it comes in waves. Joseph is thrown into a pit by his brothers, sold as a slave, and then he's put into prison. And while he is in shock, I'm sure, God is not caught off guard by these things or is God distance turn over to genesis 29 in genesis 29 verse 20 it says this joseph's master took him and put him in prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined but while joseph was there in prison the lord was with him tragedy does not indicate the absence of god Instead, tragedy calls us into communion with God and into greater dependency on God. The first thing I want us to pick up from the life of Joseph that is true in our own lives as well is that we need to be reflective. Now that might seem like a strange place to start, but it is so necessary. God wants us to slow down and to look back with him, to ask for his perspective, to ask where he was present and at work in our lives. The one thing that Joseph had while he was in prison was time to reflect. He had time to look back with God and learn. And that's what we're all called to do. In Jeremiah 6.16, the Lord says to his children, stand by where the road crosses and look. Ask for the old paths, where the, way, where the good way is, and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls look back, reflect, remember what is good, and you will find rest for your souls. Maybe for you, reflection looks like rereading your journal with God, or starting a new journal. I recently met a man who, in his late 50s, who began journaling when he came to faith at the age of 17. And he has done it consistently every week since that time. And he now has closets Full of journals and binders. And he said to me that as he reviews them from time to time, he is reminded of the sovereignty, sufficiency, amazing grace, and incredible love of God. He sees how God was at work, even in the difficult times, and it helps him trust God with what he's facing today. Reflection for you might be something that you do at the end of the day as you pause and look back in prayer, giving thanks to God and looking for where He was at work in your day. Maybe it's something you do with a small group of friends or with a mentor. Maybe it means a quiet time at a retreat center or out on the Bruce Trail. Maybe you're coming to a time in your life where change is coming. Maybe you're moving homes or jobs or simply aging. For whatever reason, you're coming to a new phase, a new opportunity. Don't rush ahead without looking back. Be reflective. Take time to do a little life review, to listen and ponder with God and ask for his wisdom and perspective. That's one of the things that we're doing over the next few weeks as we ask various people from our church community to reflect on their experience from the past few years. And this morning, we're going to hear from Vicki Hardy. A friend and a longtime member of our church. Her words are filled with wisdom. Let's listen to them together.
2: Hi, I'm Vicki Hardy, and.
1: That was easy.
2: I need a new button. COVID was hard, we know that, like separated from family and that. So I'm a widow, so I did COVID basically was solitary confinement. The separation, like thank heavens for FaceTime and that to see children and, you know, my son lives in Florida and to be able to see those two little ones growing up regularly, that was really helpful. Hardest thing was losing my brother um, in 2021, Um, my baby brother. um, He was diagnosed and passed away within two and a half months. So we're trying to say goodbye by text messages. And then he lost the ability to do that or even talk. And that was really hard. And you know, you always remember what mom always said, you know, take care of your brother. And I just felt like such a failure. I know it was impossible and ridiculous, but that was added on top of the grief. So now over three, just over three years, I lost both brothers and my husband. And so that was, that really reinforced, you are alone. In the early stages, um, there was some anxiety. Um, I take a senior, senior shopping, and so we would try and coordinate our shopping days and our doctor appointment days and things like that. But thankfully, um, just before COVID and the lockdown started, I was able to have a cataract surgery or otherwise, I don't know what I would have done because I would have lost my license and I don't have anybody in town that's related to me, to care for me. So that would have added more pressure, I think, too. So I did have um, transportation to get around in that. Um, It was helpful once we were allowed to start doing things and socializing, so helpful, um, just to be able to get out. My whole life, I just thought, like, I took so much for granted, you know? that was a real wake-up call, and really had to ask God for forgiveness. We're so blessed. We have so much, and we think it's our right. This is life. But sometimes this isn't life. And um, everybody was grieving, right? There were so many losses. But you, you just think, there's more. There's more than this. What is important? So, so when we lost um, just an awareness of the fragility of life, And lifestyle, you know, like uh, I had a career in at the hospital, but you know, I know life is precious and wonderful. But this just really brought it back, as we saw, we started losing loved ones, and things started happening. You know how precious life is. Everybody became an expert during COVID. I mean, suddenly everybody was a virologist and had, you know, a, a firm understanding of infectious medicine and healthcare. And then even the church wasn't exempt for this because everybody suddenly became prophets and had an understanding of what was happening right now and going on, and that wasn't true. So like Philippians 4, 8 really helped. And usually, you know, fix your mind on these things. What, think about these things. Whatever is true, and that would stop me a lot of the times. This isn't true. This is true. What is true? You know? And, um, and then all those good things like... Sort of like counting your blessings. Like just, you know, think on these things. Things not what you've lost, but what you still have. And uh, I wasn't alone. I was never alone. You know, and that, that was a great thing. I knew that God was right there with me. Jigsaw puzzles really helped in reading and reading, but you know, pick up the phone and talk to people. You know, check on maybe it's a wellness check, but you need to keep that contact. You know, what's going on in your life? And I know some of Stu's uh, brothers and sisters, we said, well, we can't really talk, because we would have scheduled uh, twice a week we phone each other, the the two sister-in-laws and myself. That's a good thing, but sometimes I said, I wasn't going to phone you, because nothing happened. We're not doing anything, we didn't go anywhere. Like, we're just stuck here, but we still needed to talk. The struggles, the, the hard times, like, Um, So my son lives in Florida, and when he um, came, was quite sick with COVID, and then shortly after that developed rapid onset cataracts, he's only 43. And going through that, um, we thought everything was good. And then just this past January, he phoned and he says, Mom, I'm going blind. You need to get the ladies to pray. And so I have a circle of women that... You know, I can call any time, and they pray. We pray for each other. And so that was such a blessing. And my kids recognize that in my life. They know that I am surrounded by these caring Christians. Uh, And so we would pray, and we did see good answers. And we knew God was still working. But even though physically, even for a while, we couldn't get together as a church, we are the church. We are the church. You know, and we teach children that, at a young age, in Sunday school and in club, you know, when we teach about salvation and baptism, we teach about what is the church? And yeah, it's wonderful to have bricks and mortar, but we are the church. And it was just so awesome now, two years post it, looking back, and seeing how my friends have grown, seeing, seeing a deeper relationship with the Lord Jesus and, and how their faith is just really mushroomed, they're bolder. They're more confident, you know, they're more trusting. They know God is there and He's gonna answer their prayers. You know, so many times we had to say, Lord, help my unbelief, this is hard. I'm struggling with this, Lord, you know? But we got an answer and we knew that He cared and He was involved in us. And so the things that supported me, um, the songs, the old hymns that I used, old verses that I, I I memorized in Sunday school, They would come back, morning devotions, when sometimes my head was so full of nutty stuff, um, there'd be a phrase, you know, and I could cling to that all day. Facebook uh, posts from friends that would encourage. Um, I have one friend, dear friend, that has phoned me every morning since my husband passed away. And so she continued that during COVID. What are you doing? How are you? What's your plans for the day? And if, the ta- if my plans for the day involved climbing the ladder or power tools, she would usually check in with me again to see how that went. And it's not always a good thing. It was a good thing she checked on me. So that was good. And then I had another friend who did wellness checks afternoon and evening, and she would phone. She was the COVID police, and she would, I just want to check that you're at home and you're following the rules. And then we could discuss things. And, you know, All these, we didn't have to agree on everything. We learned that, right? But the love of Christ between us. You know, we all handled COVID differently. And, you know, some things were big things and some things were not for other people. But we weren't going to let that separate us. And early on as a family, we said, this isn't going to separate us, right? What is our commonality? The Lord Jesus Christ. We're a family. What is our commonality at church? The Lord Jesus Christ. We're not going to split over this, and that was great, you know. And um, just the devotions, uh, the Bible studies that I've been able to do with the women—they seem so appropriate for this time we're going through, you know. Uh, take courage. Not that I have to muster it in myself and you know, like man up, you know, like pull your socks up, you know. You, you can do this. No, Jesus is saying, take courage. Take courage from me. I'm offering it to you, and so. So that was really encouraging. And then like even working through Hebrews and at a, a total different depth level and really, really stubborn studying it phrase by phrase, uh, word by word. Wow. You know, like that was just awesome. And uh, so, so that month, man, my song was, you know, will your anchor hold in the storms of life? We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure anchored firm and deep in the Savior's love. That's what got me through. It was just a refreshing, um, yes, God, you're here. Yes, God, you love me. You know, and, and all those friends contacting me and caring for me, they reaffirmed too, like, God's got you, you know? and And, and even those people in the church that offered me hope, just a word or a hug, they have no idea what that meant to me, you know, because I was on my own, you know? The cat just didn't do it. <laughs> so, and she, I'm sure she got as tired of me as I got as tired of her, but that's what happened. But yeah, God was just so fantastic, you know? Um, those whispered words, the, that sweetness, you know? And, you know, what can you say? All my life, he has been faithful. How can I sing that without tears rolling down my face? Because he's not, he hasn't left me, you know? And, and this, this hope isn't just that he's here now and carry for me now here, but I know what's ahead. COVID isn't gonna define me. The past two years don't define me. I know this isn't the end of the story. I have a hope, I have a future, and it's with my Lord.
1: I so appreciate Vicky and her willingness to share her reflections. That's what Joseph does as well. And the reason we know that Joseph took time to reflect is because of what he shares in Genesis 45 verse 7. Joseph has just revealed himself to his brothers. They now know who he is. But rather than blaming them for his misery, this is what he says. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Joseph sees God at work in all of this. God bringing good out of bad, kindness out of cruelty. And that's the kind of wisdom and perspective that comes from deep reflection with God. As you look back over the last two years, are there places where people or the enemy intended to harm you? But God not only protected you, he used it to accomplish some good in you. Perhaps even setting you up for what is being done now. I think we need to learn how to be reflective and to do it with God. Second, we need to be reestablished, get back to doing the things that lead to life. COVID really messed us up. It messed up our rhythms and our routines. We worked from home, we canceled family get togethers. In some cases, we stopped exercising and eating right. We watched way too much television and isolated ourselves from each other too often. For many of us, we stopped worshiping together regularly and nourishing ourselves spiritually we were forced to pull back from the push and pull of community, and it became easier to listen to church just like it was another podcast. And if you missed a week or two or three, well, then we could just binge listen and catch up or not. We did home groups by Zoom for a while, but then many of us stopped and justified it by saying, I'm online all day, I need a break. The Evangelical Fellowship of Canada reports that across Canada, overall church engagement is down about half from what it was before COVID. It became easy for us just not to come, not to wake up, not to tune in, to go for a walk instead of to gather for worship. And in many cases, spiritually, we just fell out of routine. We pulled back in our giving too. As Canadians, we pride ourselves on our generosity, but it's slipping. We are spending more on ourselves and less on others. During COVID, churches and charities have taken a real hit. Some people have remained incredibly faithful in their giving, but for many of us, we have let it slide. And do you know what else is way down? Volunteering taking up a leadership role, helping out, getting involved. The truth is that we've gotten pretty good at isolating and the freedom it brings is addictive. I don't have to talk to my neighbor anymore. I can go to the grocery store with a mask and sunglasses and a toque and track pants and no one knows it's me. When I do work from home, I can wear my PJs all day, take more breaks than I should and cut out early, do just enough to get by. At school, I can leave my camera off and listen to music instead of to the teacher. And if I'm mad at someone, at work or in the community or at church or even in my family, I can just avoid them. And it really can become all about me. Joseph doesn't do that. When he lands in Egypt, he reestablishes himself. He begins to do the things that he knows that he should do. He keeps close to God. He works hard. He serves those who are in need who land in prison with him. He honors God with his life and with his lifestyle. And look at how God uses it. In Genesis 39 21, it says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. He gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. People noticed that Joseph was different. He distinguishes himself by how he chose to respond in the situation he found himself. He became the most dedicated worker in the place. He took time to be with God and to grow in his faith. And soon people began to seek him out for his wisdom and discernment. His reputation grew and grew until it finally reached Pharaoh himself. And Joseph is brought out of prison, where he has been for seven years, and he is asked to interpret Pharaoh's dream, something that he could only do with God's help and empowerment. And Joseph does so uh, because he has been building his faith muscles, and he goes into this situation not with fear and, and weariness, but with spiritual confidence, and he is successful. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since since God has made all this known to you, there is, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Each time Joseph got knocked down or pushed into a situation that was not his choosing, he re-established godly routines and rhythms. He committed his way to the Lord, even when it was hard, and even when it cost him something. Think about it. Where do you need to be re-established? Are there some areas in your life that you have let slide? Some priorities that you have let slip? Do you have a rule of life, a way that you believe God wants you to live, and are you pursuing it? Where do you need to show up, step up, get involved, and help out? The church has great potential and incredible opportunity to reach this generation for Christ. To see God's kingdom come in new ways right here in our community, we just need to be ready to move with God. Being comfortable is not where God desires for us to be. Cruise control is not how God wants you to move through life. He wants us to be alert ready, established for whatever comes our way. So what do you need to adjust? How does your schedule and your priorities need to change? Where do you need to stop or cut back? And what do you need to reestablish? We have learned that we need to be reflective. We need to be reestablished. And third, we need to be reconciled. COVID has not been good for our relationships. Distance, disagreement and division is everywhere. We are polarized in our opinions and it has poisoned our relationships. I helped coach hockey in the midst of COVID and if you want to hear passionate disagreements, go hang out at the community center. But sadly, it's no different in the church. People's views on vaccines seem to matter more than their views on Jesus. Instead of going the extra mile, showing humility, extending grace, we draw lines, dig in and push back. And then when it gets hard, we decide that it's easier just to move on, to write people out of our lives. But as God's children called to unity, it should be different. 2 Corinthians 5 says that we are to be ambassadors of reconciliation. We should be quick to forgive, ready to make it right, eager to release a hurt, and willing to submit. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and suddenly you remember that someone has something against you leave your sacrifice there at the altar go and be reconciled to that person then come and offer your sacrifice to God. I know some families who cannot come to church because they're at odds with someone else and they're afraid they might run into them and what is so disappointing is that often it's both parties who avoid worship just go somewhere else. Jesus says, I have a better way. Be reconciled. And that's what Joseph does. In chapter 50, J- Jacob, their father, has just died, and Joseph's brothers are afraid that he will now seek vengeance on them, and he has good reason to. But this is what he says to them in verse 19 Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph forgives them and continues to bless them, even when they don't deserve it. Now, he doesn't avoid the truth. He speaks it. You intended to harm me, but he has already soaked that hurt in grace and given it over to God. Joseph is ready to be used by God to bring a message of reconciliation to his brothers and a message of hope to the nation. Jay's going to talk more about this in week three, but for today I want you to think, who in your life might you need to reconcile with? Who do you need to forgive? Is there a relationship where you have let drift come in and distance that you need to pay more attention to? Is there a phone call you need to make, a letter you need to write, or maybe simply a prayer you need to pray? God, in this situation, bring good out of what was intended to harm me. So be reflective. Be reestablished. Be reconciled. And finally, be renewed. Get fired up. Let hope fill you up. God has a beautiful plan for you and for his creation. COVID is for a season. God is forever. I love the confidence that Joseph showed even in his death. In chapter 50, verse 24, he says to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Joseph is telling them to remember the promises of God and to trust in the character of God. And then in verse 25, he says this, You must carry my bones up from this place. Joseph was showing his belief in the promised land and in the promises of God. His faith in the resurrection. He says, when you return to Israel, take me with you because that's where I want to be when the resurrection comes. He had hoped that there were greater things in the future. Things that were greater than his current circumstances. Things that were even greater than death. A faith that outlasted his experience, a view of life which reached into eternity. He was trusting in what Jesus would do one day, what he would make possible. And that is why in James chapter 1, our verse for the week that we have in our talking points, it says this. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. There are many lessons from God that we have discovered during COVID. And now, as we look back, we have a better perspective moving forward. What we have learned about ourselves is that we need to be reflective on our experience, reestablished in our faith, reconciled in our relationships, and renewed in our hope in Jesus. Let's pray together. I want to just give you a moment of silence to ask God what he wants you to take away from this time of worship. Is there a truth he wants you to remember? Is there a specific action he wants you to take? Is there a commitment you need to make? Listen and talk to him in prayer right now. Jesus, thank you for being the word that speaks to us today and for revealing your glory to us even in the midst of uncertain times like COVID. I praise you that your love is greater than our sin and failure. We stand in the sure hope of the gospel because you are risen. Help us to fully experience your life this week. Because you reign forever, we invite you to reign in our hearts now as we surrender to you, trusting in the power of your name. Today, I pray that we would be reflective, be reestablished, be reconciled, and be renewed. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus.